Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Star Wars Report moderator, Bethany Blanton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rogue One and Episode 8 speculation panel. I will warn you, spoilers shall abound. We will speculate about everything. If this makes you afraid, leave now. Please welcome to the stage one of my fellow panelists, Riley Blanton. Please also welcome to this stage a good friend of mine, Michael Morris from Cloud City Casino. Next, please welcome to the stage, Alex Damon. And another friend of mine, Nancy Schwartz. And last but not least, please welcome Tom Hutchins. All right, so starting with Tom, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got into Star Wars. Oh, wow, that's a little bit. Um, my name's Tom Hutchins. I'm the founder of the Mandalorian Rooks Costume Club. Uh, I got into Star Wars uh, when I watched uh, Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was like I don't know, five years old. Um, it changed my life. Um, ever since then, Star Wars has basically been the largest part of my life. Um, and it's, it's guided me in the directions that I've taken. It's just awesome. And to see new movies coming out is the most awesome part about it right now. Nancy? Hey, I'm Nancy. I'm uh, co-founder of Tashi Station, which is a Star Wars blog and podcast, and host several of the podcasts on there. Uh, I've been a Star Wars fan since I was 11, when my dad realized I'd never seen Star Wars before and decided that needed to be rectified. Uh, then I read the Thrawn trilogy, which was coming out at the time, and that solidified it. Um, and I mean, Star Wars has introduced me to all my friends. It's introduced me to my husband, and it's, yeah, my house is all Star Wars, so. All right, Alex. Uh, my name is Alex. I have a YouTube channel called Star Wars Explained, and um, like everyone else, I've been a fan of Star Wars since I was a little kid and was obsessed with it ever since. Um, thrilled to be having new movies coming out every year and just to be talking about it and meeting new people online through the channel and uh, getting to do stuff like this, so, yeah. I'm Michael Morris. Oh, that's pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am actually one of the two hosts of uh, Cloud City Casino, which is on the Star Wars Report Network. Uh, we do sort of Star Wars and video gaming and uh, also the tabletop. Uh, I don't even really know when I got into Star Wars because I was so little. Like I would just, there's like no real record. I know it's basically early 90s, like the, the dark times. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there wasn't like anything to be like, ah, I remember when, you know, the, uh, the box set came out or anything. Like none of that happened yet. Um, so yeah, at some point I discovered it and then played with it and then finally things started to come out. Excellent. I'm uh, I'm Riley. I'm over at the Star Wars Report. It's my fault. Um, and and so it's uh, it's been a few years now that I've been in the world of fandom. But long before that, uh, I grew up overseas and had never heard of Star Wars until I was about ten years old. And uh, my family traveled back to the states in summer of 1999. Uh, shortly thereafter, I would watch The Phantom Menace for the first time as the first Star Wars film I would ever see. And I'm still here. So I mean, that's to give us some credit. <laughs> And I'm Bethany Blanton. I also work at the Star Wars Reports. Basically, I have the same story because this is my brother. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> All right, so this is a speculation panel, but I will make it clear that we do not work for Lucasfilm. We don't buy secrets from Lucasfilm. We have no inside knowledge whatsoever. So what you hear is just pure speculation and a little bit of drama. Now, the first thing that we saw about Rogue One was this cast photo, which I remember, oh man, what, what were your all's first reactions to this? Because I was really excited. 
I was actually kind of confused because um, <laughs> they all look like such a different mishmash. Um, I was expecting a bunch of people in rebel flight suits and uh, kind of the rebel uniforms we were familiar with, but like Churut and Bays, like, and uh, Bodhi is wearing an imperial uniform. So it's a little strange to see all of these different looking people uh, be a part of the rebellion, but they all look awesome and I'm already in love with Churut, so. Yes, <laughs> no. I know, when I, when I first saw the cast photo, I think that was the first realization. I mean, I knew intellectually that Rogue One, it's a spin-off film, it's, it's going to be a very different flavor from the saga films, but I, I was kind of wondering what, what would make it special, right? What would make it actually something that's worth the first big screen adaptation of a non-Skywalker-centric uh, film, as far as like these actual films? So, I, I mean, that picture showed it. It's a war film, and I cannot wait to actually see the final product as well. I'll admit I was, I was kind of skeptical. I mean, I, I loved the, the aesthetic of the cast photo, but again, I was like, no Jedi? I mean, something set. We, we already know this story, why are we telling it? And then, we all saw this. an imperial don't do it man so what did we learn from this trailer what what stood out to all of you michael the uh new costume that jen's wearing there at the end mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we do know the correct uh name of it now thanks to hasbro but up until this point i've been calling it the imperial contractor disguise I thought it was the Imperial Deadpool. <laughs> no, see, those are poster tubes. They had to steal the Death Star plans. Oh, that's right. That's so right. those are the plans. Wait, is this like a C chart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, for me, this trailer won over my skepticism, as is typical with Star Wars. I, I have this, almost this habit of anything that's new with Star Wars. It's just like, is this going to be any good? Like, no, we don't do it's that. It's not going to measure up to what I know and love. And then I see the trailers, and I see the Rebels TV show, or I see the Clone Wars, and I'm, I fall in love all over again. Yeah, my first reaction was, yay, Mon Mothma! <laughs> uh, my second reaction was, who is the guy in the cape? And that is a magnificent piece of clothing. I keep yes. thinking OT. Every time, when it first came on, because all these different characters and costumes that we saw in, in the original trilogy, I think I'm probably the oldest person up here, which makes me feel really bad now, because <laughs> I got to see some of the OT when it came out originally. And, uh, you know, I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like being a child all over again. I feel like I'm back in Town Center Mall in Florida watching OT all over again. This is great. 
Tom, talk about that a little bit if you don't mind, because give, uh, give me the whippersnapper a perspective as the guy who saw <laughs> The Phantom Menace first. But like, uh, what about specifically like this trailer and these early materials makes it feel like the, that original trilogy? What is that to you? Well, there's, of course, the heavy grit. Of course, there's a lot of grit involved um, with this. And you see the rebel fleet troopers that are escorting her out. You see Mon Mothma. You see typical rebel uniforms that you're used to in the, in the original trilogy with the rank insignias and, and just things like that. These, these details and it's like, oh my gosh, this is old Star Wars and it's back and it's so awesome. Yeah, for me, it wasn't necessarily, it, well, it reminds me of the OT, of course, but I, I grew up reading a lot of the expanded universe books and it reminds me of those books because um, they, they told a lot of stories about this event and it just reminds me of, especially if any of you ever ever read the Race Squadron books, I feel like this is not going to be a Rogue Squadron movie. It's going to be a Wraith Squadron movie. Yeah, a bunch of yeah. misfits, a bunch of misfits, kind of being brought together to do something incredible. Um, I, I'm still, I was kind of hoping that some of the characters would be inspired by Stackpole, but yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but it's all right. I'll forgive them. Yeah. I want to see Piggy show up in this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a question for the audience. Who had not seen that trailer? Oh, yeah, so, oh, okay. Get out. It's like, uh, uh, no, I'm not doing it. Wow. Well, welcome to Rogue One. Oh, so this trailer, for me, I mean, we have the, us panelists can't really see what's on the screen up there. So I was watching all of your reactions, and it was funny because it was just like, as the, as the trailer came on, you were like, blue, blue, and then you were like, blue. Yeah. Death Star alarm it's, clock. It's really funny to have like a front seat row to people seeing it, especially those who just saw it for the first time. Uh, but man, all right, what, what I think we're gonna do is we're gonna get into some of the new characters and some of the plot discussion as well. What we know, what we think we know, what we hope for, who well, we're we terrified of dying. What we because definitely somebody's don't know, die. but we'll yeah. pretend we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so mm. I think we will start with the main character, Jen Urso. Nancy, I got to ask you first mm -hmm. because we've had conversations about this in the past, but yeah. what did you think of Jen? Um, I think she looks awesome. I'm really excited to learn more about her. I'm glad there's another female main character and that she's older. I mean, we don't really know her exact age, but Felicity Jones is 32, so she's not like Ray's age. She's a little bit older. Um, I do wish there were some more women in the movie, <laughs> but I'm happy otherwise with the diversity of the cast, and I'm really excited to see what, what she's all about. Alex, what did you first think of Jin? Um, yeah, I, I thought she looked cool. I, I keep relating everything back to kind of legend stuff, so I was automatically like, maybe this is like a new Jan Ors type of character, but um, I'm excited to see really her story and her history with Krennic, uh, because I think she is going to have, with her father, a bit of a relationship with him, uh, that this is going to be more of a personal mission for her, not just to save the galaxy, but there's going to be kind of her saving her father. Uh, I, I think he's probably been captured by Krennic in the Empire and is have in you, need of rescue. Have you read the, the summary for Catalyst Oh, yet? yes. Uh, We're going to yeah. bring that up in a minute. <laughs> yeah. See, actually, I, like, I read it yesterday, and I was like annoyed a little bit because like I was going to talk about that. Now you're going to write yeah, about yeah, it. Now you're right. Correct, but. Yeah, so uh, for me, Alex, you're definitely right because that sort of attitude, the fact that this is so personal for her, literally like just drips off of her. I mean, she's just like, yes, sir, and I rebel, and I mean. That's such yes, a good line, too. a rebellion, too. isn't it? It's such a good line. Did it? A rebellion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working uh, on my stand-up. Get it, get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, at first I was almost kind of like, wow, you know, uh, so I'm an Air Force ROTC, and we're, we're taught to think critically, but also to follow orders, and when I kind of saw that attitude, from a military perspective, I'm like, man, she would never last a day in the actual US military. But then that showed me how desperate the rebellion actually is, that they would bring a criminal into their organization and entrust her with a highly sensitive mission. Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it just shows where the rebellion's at at this point in time. It's very Dirty Dozen-like. I mean, it kind of reminds yes. me a lot of, I don't know if any of you have seen the, the war movie Dirty Dozen. 
but they basically take a bunch of criminals and they do this highly specialized mission into Germany. And it's very, it, it brings back memories of that. And it seems like there's, a, there's some inspiration behind that because they've got, you know, she's kind of heading up this ragtag group of, of people to do this specialized mission. It's just, it's, you know, it brings back feelings about that. One of the next characters that we've been introduced to is Captain Cassian Andor. And I don't know, I, I don't know yes. that we know that much <laughs> about him at this point in time. Just that, I, I, I mean, he kind of seems the, the person who will help calm Jin down a little bit. The only thing, he's not big, so now I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same Although way. Although granted, it's sort of like, uh, the fact that he has a magnificent mustache doesn't mean he has to be big. There's man, room for <laughs> two mustaches in Star Wars. This is true, this is true. I, um, I'm interested in, in the last trailer, he said he's been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. It kind of reminds me of the fulcrum alias from Rebels, and curious to see how far back he's been working with the rebellion. Um, if we don't necessarily see him in Rebels, but uh, you know, someone like him or figure out where he comes from. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting uh, in one of the trailers, and we'll, we'll watch another one in a couple minutes here, but how he seems to respond to the fact that it is a personal mission for Jin, and he's joining her on it. Uh, and and I, I do think it's quite interesting that we see uh, people who are very, very hesitant to believe in Jin, perhaps. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a necessity. You know, they, they have to accept people into their ranks who are talented, even if they are criminals, even if perhaps they might not be fully trustworthy. But uh, people seem to respond to Jin, especially, especially Cassian. I don't know, who thinks, who thinks there's a romance there? <laughs> Even though his name has like the most like romance I guy know, name right? ever, Cassian Andor. Yes. I, I don't think there's time for romance in this. I think they're probably all, <laughs> especially uh, with all of them dying. I look forward tonight. to the spinoff book, Cassian Andor and the Violet Rose. Uh, oh man. <laughs> No, I'm going to totally butcher this character's name, so if any of you guys know how to actually pronounce it. But uh, another new character is Baze Malbus. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah. Round of applause, everybody. I, that, was first, that was first attempt, by the way. That was... <laughs> yeah, so I, I love the bravado that this character has. When we see him in the next trailer, he's, he's just really excited shooting stuff, basically. Yeah, big gun. And yelling big gun. a lot. Big gun. So, brief story. Uh, I was at the. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be at uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe, where they actually introduced a lot of these characters for the first time. And basically, the the two words with this character were big gun, and of course, a spoiler. <laughs> but, <laughs> that, that. but, uh, but that's one of those times where, fortunately, I was in the room and literally didn't hear it because the of the speaker system. So on Twitter, everyone was talking about the spoiler, and I was like, I'm just not going to read it. I was literally in the room and somehow still avoided it. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I like coming into this panel, moderating it. I'm like, how much do I have to spoil myself on for these? I'm torn. The Star Wars fan in me is arguing with the moderator in me, <laughs> and I'm just not sure. But yeah, it's I, I don't know. I like I like him and his friendship with uh, our Force monk, I guess, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chirrut Imwi. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce his name either. Uh, but, oh man, this character of all of the characters really draws me. Uh, I, I'm just really excited to see someone who's not a Jedi, but who obviously has some level of Force sensitivity. Uh, what do you guys think of the non-Jedi, but Force sensitive? It's Donnie Yen, for one thing. So, I mean, <laughs> you, if you're going to put martial arts in a, in a movie, Donnie Yen is probably the guy you want to go to. Um, he's just, he's a phenomenal actor and a phenomenal martial artist. But I think the character itself, it kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, you don't have to be a Jedi to, um, you know, to believe in the philosophy of the Force and, and to have some sort of, of connection with it. And, and he is, a, a, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but he's blind. You know, he's a blind character. So I think that also kind of speaks that, you know, he seems to be led by the Force. So it is nice to not have a glowy stick in, in, yeah. in a Star Wars movie. True, I, true. I actually... I'm curious as to actually if he is force sensitive or not. I don't. I don't think that he actually is, which I think is 
even more interesting to have a character who believes in the force and follows the philosophy but can't feel it. So you think I, it's just parlor tricks? Well, I mean, <laughs> he, he's Donnie Yen, so... <laughs> I mean, the way he takes he down, simple tricks the way he takes down stormtroopers, I would think he has to have some sort of force sensitivity. Well, I mean, he can be, it can be like the whole luck thing, like Han has. He has that luck. <laughs> a lot of luck. He has Smothers a lot of luck. Why not? I mean, uh, the Force Awakens. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Um, yeah. Moving on to Celebration Reel, because I'm so sad about that. <laughs> so, who all here went to Star Wars Celebration in Europe or in Anaheim? Do, do we have? Oh, we have a few. <laughs> handful, handful. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, oh, it, well, while you queued up, who's actually seen this uh, sizzle reel? Yes! It's less than half of you. All right, you're in for a treat. Yes, yes, yes. Do it again, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so what do, you, what do you think of the title, Rogue One? Oh, I, I, actually, I, the first, may, may I, just a brief comment? Sure. Yeah, I just, absolutely. I just want to point out, like this, the entire side of the room here, at the point of it's like, <laughs> Everybody does it along with the trailer, and that was amazing. So yes, the title Rogue One has always made me curious because it's like, who is the first rogue? Is this Jin? Is there a history behind the the actual designation? Is does it have to be a particularly special pilot, or like, what do you think? I I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't have anything to say to that. I, you know I mean. Uh, not Gareth? Gareth Edwards, yes. yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to remember which director's directing Ryan what, because we have two Star Wars movies filming <laughs> at the Edwards, same time. Ryan Johnson, also yeah. remember uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow, don't forget. I and then the Huns. Oh, There's so um, many now. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he was talking about recently, like after rap, he's like, well, I think it could mean this, and I'm, I'm like, wait, don't you know? <laughs> Isn't there like a top secret designation? Uh, they, they have to, actually, you know what I think it is? 
I think it, it, it has to be after Rogue Squadron, right? Like at least some vague reference. It to has it. to. Which we, because and and I just remember as a kid the the designation. I'm trying to remember where I would have heard because Rogue Squadron's always been a big part of. Um, that'd be Imperial. That'd be uh, Empire Strikes Back. That was the Snowspeeder Squadron. That, and it was and it was later. Rogue was it one? Rogue One was Luke Skywalker's designation. Well, but let's not forget the the more important one though. Rogue Two. Rogue Two. Because, like... <laughs> He's the one that found... Yeah, he I found mean, to be, two. To be fair, like, everybody, all the heroes are stranded on the, on the snow planet with absolutely no clue what's going on, with absolutely no help that would arrive except for one man who's very proud of himself for this feat, <laughs> and that is Rogue Two. I found them. Repeat, I found them. That's... Rogue Two, in case you didn't I'm catch sorry. that. I'm sorry, his name is Zev Seneska. <laughs> Give him respect. <laughs> also true. <laughs> I found them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> sorry, I had to do that. Sorry. See, these, these questions always spark reactions that I never expect, <laughs> which is why I asked them. I mean, can, oh, the sequel has to be about Zev. And the, exactly, Rogue Two. Right, yeah. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> he, yeah. he did. He found. Maybe we see him in this at the end, you know. And he's just like, oh, oh, post-credit scene, just smash cut. I found them. <laughs> I found. Them. And then just Rogue Two. That's gonna be like the 2030 movie when they're like scraping the oh, bottom yeah. of the barrel. Rogue Two, a Zev Sineska story. There will also be Bothans in that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> On a serious note, I am hoping that. Rogue Flight, Rogue Squadron, whatever it is going to be known as now in the new canon, is created by Luke and Wedge, named after these guys who stole the Death Star. That plans would be cool. And probably yeah. die in the process. Yeah. Moving on, because if you haven't noticed, I dislike talking about Star Wars character deaths. <laughs> so, director Orson Krennic, yes. aka he with the <laughs> cool cape. Yeah. I love that cape. So Move much. aside, Lando. <laughs> uh, oh, let's let's oh not go man. crazy now. <laughs> oh man! I mean, that's a pretty epic cape. Let's let's, so let's yeah. settle down. I was let's going to. I was about to do an audience poll of which cape, and then I realized I would lose. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's Lando. So yes, um, he is. Uh, I, I mean, to me, he's a lot like a Tarkin figure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he's got the look. He's got the the serious uh, demeanor. He's got the I mean, obviously, he's been described as a brilliant uh, individual, but who's also quite uh, cunning and cruel and uh, malicious in a way. We know that he and uh, Jen Erso's father are connected, but more on that in a minute when we talk about uh, book spoilers. So, I don't know. As a bad guy, he's pretty appealing, but it might just be the cape. What do you guys think? Yes. Is it the cape? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, f I feel bad for him already going into this because, I mean, we kind of, yeah, unfortunately, we know what dead. happens. And, and I feel bad knowing that he's either going to be on the Death Star or the Emperor is going to be really pissed at him. Well, and if you nothing know, else, I mean, like, he put a lot of work into that yeah, thing. I mean, like, that took a I long mean, time. He may just go on vacation. The over-under on Vader killing him is, like, probably 100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hope they salvage the cape, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's where Lando gets it. <laughs> It was on and sale. And dyes it and then cuts it shorter and just, yeah. But uh, did, um, purple. If, you, if anyone watched the live stream of the Rogue One panel or was actually at the panel, uh, Ben Mendelsohn came out yes. in costume. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the place went nuts. I was, at that moment, I was As like... In I, fact, I think that was more applause in the room there than the actual like sizzle reel we just yes. watched. <laughs> that was amazing. I think Krennic is... In terms of the plot, I think he's going to kind of jump the gun with the Death Star. I think he's going to reveal its existence a little too early, and I think that the Emperor and Vader are going to be really pissed about that. Because he might say, described. like, jump out of hyperspace too close <laughs> or, uh, and warn the rebels. Based on, I mean, we'll probably get to this in the other trailer, but I think he's going to even use the Death Star, and that's going to be the big thing that everyone's like, oh, we got to destroy this thing, like, now. And... Maybe if he didn't do that, then the Death Star would still be around. So I think he is probably definitely going to get killed by Vader. <laughs> yeah. Moving on from character deaths. <laughs> uh, another person that we get introduced to is a former Imperial pilot, uh, Bodhi Rook. 
We don't actually know a whole lot about this character, just except that uh, he's moved away from the Empire, uh, but still feels how much it affected him, which is why he continues to wear the patch. Um, but one of the characters that I'm most excited about is Saw Gerrera. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. What will you become? Exactly. We got any Clone Wars fans out there? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew I'd get a cheap pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh, man. The, the interesting thing to me about Saw Gerrera is a comparison made between him and Darth Vader in Entertainment Weekly. Uh, and it's the fact that he wears a uh, suit of armor that is a life-giving suit for himself that he never takes off. Uh, he's not above uh, getting really extreme with his tactics, uh, similarly to Darth mm. Vader. And he says he will do everything that it takes to defeat the Empire. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm very interested to see these, these two characters who are in some ways a lot like each other, but on very opposite sides. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of fear for his safety too. Did Did anyone read Bloodline novel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a throwaway line in there um, when Leia and Ransom Casterfo are talking about the rebellion's tactics, and they mention Saul Guerrero's partisans. Um, and this was before we knew he was going to be in the movie. So once they announced that he, Forrest Whitaker, was playing that particular character, I was like. Oh, that's why they mentioned him in the book. And so I'm really interested to see how his tactics differ from like the mainstream rebellion. I would imagine like people like Mon Mothma and Bail Organa probably aren't huge fans of him as he's a little more violent than kind of reminds you of a legends character that was kind of like that Garm Bell Iblis. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yes. Yeah. He's probably new Garm. Yep. Well, and the fact that uh, he has a connection with Jin as well makes you wonder if this battle is a really personal one for Jin, and we all think it is, uh, how much his tactics and ideas will influence her versus, say, Mon Mothma. Uh, but another character that we know of is K2So, who's basically the opposite of C3PO. Yes. In every way. Uh, but he, he's with uh, Captain Andor as well, who. Uh, freed him from the Empire, or at least that's apparently the, his perspective, mm -hmm. uh, is that the Empire uh, enslaves droids, uh, because that's what he feels like the restrictive programming that forced him to follow orders was like. Um, and then, of course, Mon Mothma. Yay. Yeah. That's, that's for you, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at you, Nancy. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm glad that she has, she's in this movie because they cut all her scenes from Revenge of the Sith. And it's the same actress that they cast in like 2003 to play this character. And they brought her back yeah, in Rogue One. Yeah, I remember seeing her in deleted Revenge of the Sith scenes. And yeah. I was just I was like, no, she's so good. Yeah, uh, I'm, so really, I'm really interested to see, because we see her in the trailer. It looks like they're on Yavin. But then later on, when they go to the Yavin in... A New Hope, she's not there. So I'm curious, do they send all the leaders, so they make them scatter because they know the Death Star is coming and they're like, okay, you need to get off the planet because you're important to us. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how big of a role she has and glad to see her in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, something I would like to touch on briefly, and I, I know, Riley, you mentioned this specifically, but are uh, the reshoots that were done to the film. And it was basically about five weeks of reshoots that, that were done, uh, actually right before Star Wars Celebration Europe began back in July. Uh, but while you talk about that, uh, Bruce, can I have you come up and get a mic? We'll start a line over here for questions, comments, concerns. Just uh, talk to Bruce with the mic and we'll, we'll get you going, but reshoots. Yeah, the, so uh, the interesting thing about the reshoots is depending on the source you read, uh, it, it, they've completely t tossed out the old film, they reshot the complete thing and recast everybody. To, like to Disney-fy it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ver versus uh, what I kind of like was almost the automatic reaction to the reaction, which is the, all right, everybody calm down, it's, it's, nothing's wrong with the reshoots, which is sort of the chorus. Um, I, I come down somewhere in the middle. I think there's always planned reshoots. And, and from, in fact, uh, actual sources that I think are fairly reliable, like Entertainment Weekly, they have talked about reshoots are scheduled for a reason, because often a director's vision isn't accomplished during the initial shoot. And often you need more creative minds to make adjustments to the film to polish it. A classic example with this with Disney is the way they do Pixar films. 
Uh, Disney is known for re rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and bringing more brains in and then rewriting and then reanimating or in the case of a lot of the Marvel films, reshooting. So it, for me, it, it, the fact that there are reshoots is not reason for concern. The, the, um, the actual story direction and the creatives behind it, it comes down, do you trust them? And, and in my case, just seeing Gareth Edwards, like an excited little eight-year-old kid on the set of a Star Wars movie, respecting and loving the, the saga and seeing the product of the original trilogy flavor, I think it's in good hands. All right, well, we'll take our first question. What's your name? Hello, my name is Sam. Um, this is for whoever went to Celebration Europe. How was the secret Rogue One trailer? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, yeah, it, it was. It was First, amazing. First, I want to take this moment to complain because I had a final <laughs> exam. You were that there the day, next day, and uh, I flew in. Uh, just, to, I just missed the panel. Uh. So, uh, I think I, I will respect. Uh, I will respect the specifics that were revealed. But suffice to say, as far as an exclusive uh, sizzle, which is essentially what it was, it wasn't a full trailer. But as far as what they showed, it was a more in-depth glimpse at some of the characters and the shots we've seen already. Um, but there was really. The, the, main, the main thing, that, and this is public knowledge everywhere, was the fact of uh, the shots of Darth Vader. And, and just the fact that they showed in a very restrained way. I think that's the, that's the big thing, is that I think that that sizzle reel, really the whole panel at Celebration showed how much Gareth Edwards understands the need for organically creating characters in the universe we love. And you don't have to plaster Darth Vader over everything, but man, it was still really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we are going to run a little longer on the Rogue One portion of this panel because we simply just don't know anything about Episode 8. So, but if we could take the next question, please. Thanks, Sam. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, number one, uh, let me make just a quick comment joke. I love the fact that Mon Mothma only has one outfit, by the way. It's like everyone else in Star Wars, yeah. too. The <laughs> rebellion uh, is really strapped for cash. Yeah, hey, I, I mean, love it. But, um, no, so... We are getting a little Vader, I guess, and I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of him in this film, but what I'm really curious about, want to hear your thoughts on, is I kind of think this Vader we're going to see is kind of when he's at the lowest point of his life. This is when he's deeply dark, tortured. Uh, you, know, he, you know, there's probably this burning desire inside of him that he still has a job to do, and we've kind of seen that a little bit in Rebels, right, with him wanting to go hunt down Kenobi. Yeah. But at this point in his life, he's very tortured, doesn't know he has kids out there, so I'm real curious to see how that kind of plays in the storyline. I think we're going to get a more a different Vader than we haven't seen before. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I hope he doesn't talk much. I hope he's used sparingly, but when he is used, I hope he's basically like Jason in Friday the 13th, yeah. <laughs> just like tearing through everything. There's a really great scene in Lords of the Sith, the book, where he like works his way from space, boards a ship, and then goes from the back to the front, killing everything. And I would like to see that. <laughs> I kind of feel like we're going we to see a door open, and you'll see Krennic, and, and, and then you're going to see Darth Vader. They're just going to be like, hello, director. And then you might see like the door close or something, and, and that's all you get yeah. of Vader. I'm hoping that that's kind of what it is. Like, you know what's about to happen. Yeah. They don't need to show anything. No. You, know, you will know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll real quick, before we do the next question, speaking of Krennic, uh, the blurb for the Rogue One book Catalyst came out yesterday, actually, and we learned a lot from it. Uh, and the fact is that Krennic was apparently a great benefactor to the Urso family and kind of pulled in Galen Urso, uh, Jin's father, into the Death Star project, but Galen didn't know that it was the Death Star project. He thought it was something peaceful, and so mm. apparently there's a lot of bad blood. Uh, Taylor Swift... Gosh darn it, Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, it's Matt's fault. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I, I think Krennic is more of a mastermind than we think because, again, the Empire is huge and Darth Vader can't be anywhere. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of a villain, even to a degree, what kind of a mastermind Krennic is because we, we hear that he's definitely a great manipulator if he can pull off something like the Death Star. Uh, so next question, please. Hi. Um, so I know that Mon Mothma and uh, Darth Vader are going to be in Rogue One, but what about some other characters from original trilogy or the um, the prequels, like um, like Akbar or Tarkin? There have always been rumors, definitely, but I don't think any of them have been confirmed. Well, we do have one. 
Yeah. We got Jimmy Smith. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. I, that's about as confirmed as you can get, too. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, they kind of cornered him, and he was kind of like. Maybe. By the way, as a Star Wars fan, just uh, God bless British television. Uh, <laughs> like they're very good at actually corning these poor actors. But yeah, I don't, I don't know to what extent we would actually see them. But I always, it is, it is always cool to see cameos. Yeah, that that makes me wonder if if Bail Organa is in uh, the film, and I, I don't know. I I would love to see some of the OT actors come back, or at least their roles be reprised by other actors. Uh, there's always the fear that they wouldn't be done well. But I think, I mean, we saw The Force Awakens. I think we're in good hands. I've seen a couple still shots on the internet where it looks like maybe there's someone that looks similar to General Dodonna yeah. in the background. Yes. Oh, which yeah. would be really cool to you know see we need General Dodonna back. We need to see, like, uh, a, a, I don't know, a firefight that includes General Dodonna, Mon Mothma, like yes. an actual see them get into a ground battle. <laughs> and <laughs> Porkins. <laughs> of course, not Sorry. to forget. <laughs> not to forget. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, next question, please. Do you think, um... Dan Solo. <laughs> um, You're a dead bat, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that Princess Leia will be in this movie? And if she is, then how are they going to do that? Um, Ooh, I wouldn't I be surprised. Would be so cool, but go I ahead. I wouldn't be think. surprised if we saw someone wearing a white dress with the buns from the back. <laughs> and that's all you see. Or like, you know... Bail Organa sending her off on the Tantive V4 or something like that. Yeah, I think we'll see the Tantive IV. I doubt that we would see Leia. Um, maybe we see like the Blockade Runner and the droids, but I, I don't know that they would do Leia. Yeah, I mean, from a filmmaker's so. perspective, a young Leia and a young Jin being in the same movie when the audience already knows Leia could pull too much attention away from Jin, who's you know, kind of the main character. But, um, but we do have Gareth Edwards directing this. Mm. Uh, anyone who knows their Godzilla, the American film. I was just about to bring that up. I mean, right, right. Clearly, you can't think Rogue One and not think Godzilla. Uh, the the original uh, Godzilla King of Monsters was the Japanese. That was the next thing I was about to bring up too. Yeah. Right, right. So they reshot the Japanese version with American actors, and there was a lot of taking extras and, and doing them from the back, um, shooting them from the back. So, so basically, we also know Gareth Edwards uh, probably knows a little thing or two about Godzilla. And uh, just, just saying, there's some connections. I mean, I mean, you, you've got I, long arms, man, for reaching I think that I'm, far. I'm yeah, just I mean, saying, yeah. I'm just saying. This is pretty that convoluted speculation, man. Hey, listen, I'm just saying, if we see Leia from the back, I was right the whole time. All right. Okay. All right. But wait, like anybody in a white robe, you're going to say, hey. That was Leia. If it looks remotely close to Leia, fair enough. I'm right, going to tell everyone how right I was. The cape is off the table. You can't like just see random white like robes and say Says Leia. you. <laughs> Okay, next question, gonna please. Milk it. So, um, I know, like, the last, um, the, for the Force Awakens kind of left off in a cliffhanger and everything. And so, do you think that um, Jin will have any relations to Rey at all? Personally, I don't think so. I mean, it's going to be hard to do if she's dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why we were all thinking it. There was that brief, just brief moment of deathly silence. That was just like... I hate you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Just because the, it seems like the Urso family are, are kind of like Luke back in the day where it's just a family on a random planet back in the middle of nowhere and they kind of get plucked from obscurity by Krennic. So I, I, don't, I don't think that would be very likely. Um, Come. I think we have time for two more questions. Come see me after the panel. I have fanfics to give you. Mm. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, hi. What do you think the significance of the planet Jeddah will be in Rogue One? I think it'll be hugely significant. Yeah. Uh, we've been told that this planet is where people from all walks of life, all backgrounds and all different planets go who have some sort of belief in the force or religions connecting with the force. So I think that there's something special about this planet because of that, 
but also we know that the Empire is occupying Jeddah for a special reason. Because Wait, reasons we that? that we haven't... Well, it's a desert planet control. for one thing. Nah. Well, yeah, the, the Kyber crystals? <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's a rumor. That's a rumor. It's got to be. It's pure speculation. It's, it's got to be. But some, or something close to that. We have been told that it's connected with something that's important to the construction of a weapon, a.k.a. Like, the Death like, Star. What if, uh, it's well, like it powered by Kyber It crystals. looks, in the second trailer we saw, it looks like Jeddah's being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And um, Baze says... You know, they destroyed our home. I fight. They for destroyed the, our I homes. fight the empire now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that's what we're seeing, like the the initial test of oh, yeah. the super laser. The beta yes. test. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> and it's, uh, Saw Gerrera is it on Jeddah, right? Because he's leading the group I think there, so. if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Exactly. Yeah, and we have our Force monk there. We have a lot of characters who are there. So a lot's going on on Jeddah. So we may not know too much officially. But yes, it has to be significant for some reason. Next question. Yeah, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so we have seen Tarkin at the beginning of the Death Star. At the end of episode three, he's watching it be constructed. We've seen Tarkin at, on the Death Star. And, but we don't, haven't seen anything from him in Rogue One. So how do you feel do you think he'll be involved at all in the story? Because it's like he was there at the beginning and he's there when it's finished. Does he, did he wrestle it back? Or does he just get promoted again back to the Death Star because <laughs> Trank's out? Or, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Tom, what do you think? Well, you know, that, that kind of makes me go back to, to episode four and where we see him in episode four. We see him coming in to the room, to the conference room there in episode four. And I'm almost wondering if, and, and, you know, he has all this kind of new news coming in, like the empire, emperors dissolved. The imperial the, governors yeah. will take control. Exactly. He comes in with all this, with, like, some new information. And I almost feel like maybe he got to the Death Star not long before that. And that's, he's kind of entering into the Death Star story at that point, that maybe they have gotten control of the Death Star, and he's going there now to, you know, to take charge of it for the emperor himself. He's Unless, taking over after Krennic, maybe? Yeah. Unless Krennic takes a team of imperials... Steals the Death Star and goes. <laughs> the actual Death it, Star goes rogue. Oh <laughs> man! That was the biggest <laughs> groan I've ever heard. That's a good one. You for that. Riley, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Michael, you maybe Krennic, kind of, because like, yeah, Tarkin was there from the beginning, uh, and in the book, Tarkin, he's still in charge of the construction. So maybe he does go off to the Imperial Senate for a bit. And, like, that's when Director Krennic kind of gets a little ambitious and tries to take over and messes things up. And if you think over to Rebels also, to Star Wars Rebels, Tarkin has taken a very big hands-on approach with dealing with Rebel cells. I feel like he's gallivanting across the the galaxy taking care of of destroying Rebel cells. Then he comes to the Death Star as we get to Episode 4. So... All right, well, that's all the time we have for Rogue One discussion and questions. We'll finish this off with the international trailer and jump into episode eight. (laughs) Don't you mess this trailer up. (laughs) (laughs) What can you guys see? There we go. All right, what about now? Hey! (laughs) We must see every second! Hey, this is still less technical difficulties than they had actually during Celebration Europe. Thank you. 
Yes. That TIE fighter doesn't have a chance. <laughs> oh, man. Darth Vader. TIE fighter. Death Star Eclipse. I just want to keep talking about it. That sounds like the name of a perfect novel right there. Death Star Eclipse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually. Written by That's John Jackson Miller. That's the Andor and the Lovely Rose. <laughs> All right. So moving on to episode eight. Because if anybody here hasn't seen The Force Awakens, please just leave now. Like, <laughs> I really, yeah, okay. I was actually right, going to no do a standing. There's going to be a standing ovation if like one person was willing to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is it that we know about episode eight? Basically that it's happening. <laughs> I mean, really like nothing at this point. So this is like all pure speculation. We, we know that it began filming in February. Uh, in Pinewood Studios in London, and we know that uh, all of the cast that we would expect to see are coming back, plus a few others like Benicio Del Toro. Uh, but, oh man, I think the burning question on everybody's minds and hearts and in our very souls is, who is Ray? We really wanna know. That's basically the question, the question of the hour. Uh, so, I've heard so many stories. Have you guys heard anything new? Because we all know, okay, is, is she related she's to Luke? She's a Palpatine. Luke? She's related to Luke. She's Kenobi. To she's a reincarnation of... Anakin like, Skywalker. And, yes. <laughs> yes. I've heard or all of them. Yeah. Or if you guys were at the episode panel earlier today, which was amazing, but yeah. uh, th that... Uh, who was it? It's Wilro Hood, I think, is the current... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like three people. Right. That's what was inside the ice cream maker. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I found her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but something that I, I want to actually know more about are the Knights of Ren, because mm. we see them a lot, and we know that they're influential, but we don't actually really learn much about them. I, I don't know. What, uh, Alex, what, what are you wanting to know the most from Episode 8 based on Episode 7? Um... What I want to know, yeah, I want to know most about the Knights of Ren. I'm kind of over Ray, only because like every other comment on my channel is about a theory, and I need like a your Ray theory sucks sticker. But uh, yeah. uh, I like, I, I guess I think she's probably a Kenobi. That's my most likely one. But really, I just I, I just want to watch it. I don't really care to speculate anymore. But uh, Knights of Ren, I'm really excited about because. I guess I kind of think based off of the Aftermath books that maybe they're n not Force-sensitives. They're, like, they're kind of like Kylo Ren. They're just Darth Vader fanboys. But <laughs> that yeah. they don't have Force-sensitivity, and then and that's why Kylo Ren can lead them, because he's, like, the one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that... That we don't know anything about, like anything. So, <laughs> this is just true. Basi so basically, just a bunch of high school kids, and one of the, it's like one jock who's only slightly good at sports, yeah, but he's yeah. better than everybody else. So everybody <laughs> just follows Kylo Ren around. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, that yeah, there was an interlude in Life Debt um, where they like broke in the one in Corellia, where like they had got Darth Vader's lightsaber, and it's like I'm like I want to know everything about that and. How, how, what they are actually searching for and what their MO is. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what happens to Finn because, again, I'm the person who gets super attached to characters and doesn't like people to die or get hurt. And seeing him at the end of episode seven where he's still unconscious, you know he's in good hands, but you wonder how long is he going to be unconscious? You know, how, how long will Ray be away from him? Will we ever get to see what I really want to see, which is the three of these characters actually just being characters together, going on adventures. I would be happy if like that whole movie were just Finn and Poe gallivanting across yes. the universe. <laughs> yes. The epic romance. Yes. I don't know, wh whatever, whatever his actual introduction is, it should just be him jumping up in the frame, just like the beginning of The Force yeah. Awakens. <laughs> just, for, uh, just for symmetry. I, I also wonder what will happen to the galaxy, because at this point, I mean, the Republic is just pretty much in, in tatters. It's, uh, the for First Order did a real number on the Republic, so I don't yeah, know did. if they'll be able to pull together at all. <laughs> and, but the First Order is not actually powerful enough 
to take over the galaxy. It's a remnant of the Empire. So I wonder what we'll see happen to the galaxy at this point, because it's almost like there's a massive power vacuum. I want to know more about Snoke, for one thing. Just at least know, or figure out where he fit into things that led up to the First Order. I mean, he knows too much about the Empire to have not been some sort of figure in the Empire. And he has force powers that, we're, that, that we think he does, at least. He makes it, you know, he kind of makes it seem like he's got force powers because he's training Kylo Ren or, or you know, leading up to training Kylo Ren. And I kind of want to see where he fits into things from the past up to now because it will connect a lot of dots as to, oh, well, this is why this happened. But he seems to know a little bit about what happened before. Yeah, how did he know Ben Solo? Yeah. Because obviously he's been wanting to get his hands on him for a long time. How did he how did he seduce him to the dark side? So he didn't want to do a clone army. We know yeah. that too. He didn't want a clone army. Yeah. Here's my Snoke theory. <laughs> oh, boy. oh, here we oh go. Boy. By the way, a sentence out. you'll hear a lot here at Dragon Con. Oh yes. <laughs> Bail Organa. <laughs> oh come on. Think about it. He's kind of Let's like, hear this. I want to hear this, he's Michael. Kind of, he's kind of like Ben's real grandfather, the one who was there. <laughs> We know he has some sort of political background, Bail Organa. I mean, it's like it's uncanny. The, Where it are you just, on this it, panel? Where's the sticker? We need the sticker. We never saw him die on Alderaan. I'm just saying. He didn't care just for the clones. You saw the clones killed the the, the yeah. Jedi, so he didn't like them. And, Messed you know. him up for life. Yeah. So. All right, Michael. Here's the thing. You and I, after this panel, are going to have bets about characters in Episode Eight. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say a long talk. <laughs> uh, that too. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I'd like to pull some of you guys up for questions real quick. If you have any Snoke theories and Ray theories, I guess I'll take them. <laughs> Just not. You can also say if, if you like my his, Snoke theory. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we can all look at. Hey, my name's Jason. How's it going? How's it going? Thanks for doing this yeah. panel, by the way. It's great. Thanks, Thanks for coming out. So I've sat here and I've thought, what question do I want to ask? So we go about on the whole Snoke thing, and we don't really know, right? So that's one of my questions. But the real question is, is about Ray. So, and I actually really don't like Ray that much as a character. <gasps> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> so, oh, so, you're breaking my so heart. No, you're going down a road I can't follow. <laughs> oh, 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 man. So, so, here's the thing we've all heard, you know, the theory of is she Palpatine's granddaughter? Is she a Kenobi? Is she this? Is she that? What I want to know is was she using the light side of the Force or the dark side of the Force? whenever she was channeling the Force through her in Episode 7. Ooh. Ooh. My theory, my theory is that she was using the dark side of the Force. It's very apparent to me. I'm an expanded universe guy. We all are, right? Um, so I think she was using the dark side of the Force, and I just want to get your opinions on that. Mm. I think at the very least she was tempted because I, there, you can see a moment where she's really thinking about finishing off Kylo, or at least doing some more serious damage when he yeah. can't do anything about it. And to support, to support that, uh, to be fair, there's literally only one Force user that she encounters in the entire movie to actually replicate and, in fact, uses his own techniques back against him, and that's Kylo Ren. So. And she's literally learning about the Force from Kylo Ren. But she also, at, right, as soon as the the ground opens up between them, she turns off the lightsaber and runs immediately to Finn and that's all she cares about is whether or not Finn is okay. I think she's gonna have to learn a lot in episode eight about what the force is and I mean, it's the middle movie of the Star Wars trilogy, she's gonna have to learn to resist the dark side. And even the best Jedi had dark side tendencies. I mean, look at Obi-Wan Kenobi killing Maul. I mean, that was, that fight was dark side, so. Okay, we have time for two more questions. Okay, just real quick. Um, first of all, I was 14 when A New Hope came out in the theaters, and it blew my mind, and I'm going to be 53 Sunday. And just to say that the fact that this fandom is still so huge and still growing and we're still getting new material mm. just makes my heart burst. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Am I the oldest person in the room? Okay. No, okay. And as you just stated, this is going to be a middle film, and we know how dark Empire was. Here's something for you to speculate on. Luke and we've already lost Han. Luke and Leia. Who makes it to the end of all three movies, and who doesn't, and why? 
I can't talk about Luke dying. Yeah. It gives me too much. Nancy can't handle that. That's no, the, me either. Not, I can't. Me either. That's like um, the, the, the Millennium Falcon blowing up or something. You yeah. just can't oh, talk about, about that. Yeah. I, putting a tarp on R two D two. Oh, oh man. I think actually, I think, I think Luke. I mean, I I think he's gonna make it through episode eight. I I'm hesitant about episode nine, but I think. I, I don't know if they can do another death that's going to be as effective as Han Solo's. So I don't yeah. even, it, it wouldn't, it would just be like, oh, we're going to shock you more. But they already did that. They don't, you don't need to lose anyone else. And plus, I mean, come on, Leia lost her husband. She needs to at least have her brother around, please. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope that both of them are still alive by the end of the trilogy, but I just don't know because I know that they have enough people giving input on these films uh, for them to and to still use plot points that manage to surprise us. And while I will not, you know, think about Luke dying, I will definitely not think about Leia dying because <laughs> there are not enough female Star Wars characters as there is, and they cannot kill the original Jordan, Leia. Yeah. <laughs> and Jordan, nobody. Kill nobody. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. It's not so much a question as a, as a piece of speculation. Because we, we know how Episode Seven ends with Rey reaching out with a lightsaber to Luke. My speculation is, is that Luke is going to reach down to his belt and say, no thanks, I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> that oh would man. be pretty amazing. That would be pretty yeah, amazing. That's, a good, that's a good thing because I, I may have paused that scene a few times to uh -huh. look and see if there is a lightsaber on Luke's belt, and I don't think there is, which makes me want to say, where, where do, is it? Do, it's a scene. Do, do, do. Yeah, it's my alarm. <laughs> John Williams, I can't help it. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we will finish off this panel with the episode eight video announcement. Mm.